0: Listen to The Butterfly King on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: you got a full-time job, you do the podcast, you're trying to start this side hustle business, you do these dozen months of your what, what do you? How do you do that? Mm-hmm. And my whole thing is it's prioritization. I don't do a lot of things that are distractions. I really focus heavily on certain things that are important to me and important to my son, obviously. I can test and taste and try things. And then ultimately, the things that I want to invest more time in, I invest it.
0: Welcome to the Parent Footprint Podcast with Dr. Dan. I'm Dr. Dan, your host, and let me tell you about our mission at Parent Footprint that is to make the world a more loving and compassionate place, one parent and one child at a time. We believe the key to raising happy, healthy, and engaged kids is for us parents to seek the same in our own lives, happiness, health, and engagement. We believe that awareness is the foundation for your vision of successful parenting, and with increased awareness and intention, we can be purposeful about leaving a healthy footprint on our children. Today's show is called How Kids and Adults Can Positively Change the World with our guest Brian and Draco. Now let me tell you about Brian. Brian graduated from Methodist University with a degree in Business Administration and was shortly thereafter sworn into a member of the PGA of America, embarking on his journey of teaching golf and forming his golf instruction school while starting a, a coaching business in Raleigh, North Carolina. As time went on, he used his skills to impact the world and gain more business experience and went through what he calls a renaissance period, which brought him into a deep world of learning and exploration that he hadn't embraced since childhood. And then in 2017, that curiosity sparked his entrepreneurial fire, which led to a mission, a passion, and a new podcast as well, which he's been doing for a few years, called Just Get Started, which we're going to learn more about. And also, most recently, finishing his first children's book called Luke's First Round of Golf. With that, Ryan, welcome to the show.
1: And yeah, pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on.
0: So you are a fellow podcaster and you are a fellow passionate um, person, changemaker, who wants to see this world go in a desired direction with the belief that it can happen and people can make it happen.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I 100% kind of uh, agree with your mission there. I mean, it's, it, there's definitely an opportunity. You know, We have an impact in this world, either positively or negatively. And we make that choice. Um, I, I choose to go the positive route. I think that's the best way to live.
0: So tell us about your path. To this, to entrepreneur, from from growing up to golf to business to uh, to books, you know, how'd you how'd you get here?
1: Yeah, now I'll, I'll give I'll give some of the Cliff Notes version, and then pull me deeper where you like. Uh, you know, I, I think a lot of this comes down to you know everyone's childhood is different. Um, I grew up in a you know an upstate New York you know middle class family, middle child, kind of the norm for most people in terms of upbringing. Um, nothing special, nothing nothing bad, but nothing great either. It was just kind of, you know, average as I would kind of deem it. Um, Yeah. And I had this passion early on to, you know, I thought I was going to play golf for a living, be a professional golfer. And, you know, I think a lot of kids have aspirations to be athletes and and those type of things. Um, And learned a lot through that experience, but I decided to go on the business side of it. I really enjoyed, it's something from an I don't know where I picked this up. Uh, maybe it was from grandparents. Uh, maybe it was some other folks I was around as a kid. But I loved coaching and teaching and um, really able to help other people. And help kind of can be in a variety of fashions. But yeah, so I went into teaching golf because I said, hey, this is great. I love golf. Um, the business was growing mm-hmm. in terms of golf, especially in the early 2000s. And I said, hey, let's go teach golf for a living. Um, this would be awesome. So I started teaching business, as you would mentioned, um, in the Raleigh area and really did that for about six years or so before I got a little burned out, to be honest with you, um, for a variety of reasons. Now, partly though, it was because things were changing in my life. I was about to get married. Um, I was about to have you know my first child, and you know, so it got me thinking a little bit. Is like, hey, is is this? It's kind of those questions. I think, Dan, you may maybe folks you've had on this podcast before you talk with, right? Is the question of, is this it? Mm -hmm. You know, is this it for me? Not in a bad way, but kind of like a complacent type way. And so I started to think back a lot and I realized, you know, there's a lot of other things I love to do. There's a lot of other things I think I could do to impact the world in a better way than, frankly, just teaching golf, right? Just helping people with their golf swings and shoot lower scores and be happier in that way. So that's where I embarked on kind of a, a journey. I got into you know software sales, um, just kind of as the, from a side standpoint to to financially be sustainable um, mm-hmm. as, as I grew some other things. And to your point, that's where I started to look at my life and realize you know what are some other things that I love to do. Um, I I always enjoyed the interview style, and that's where podcasting came from. I always enjoyed like rhyming. And, uh, for some reason, not like Eminem rhyming, but just like rhyming and, and, you know, those type of things. So that's where kind of some of the, the, the books started to come in. So that's where my, you know, my thought process started to change about a half a dozen years ago. Um, mm-hmm. but I'll, I'll pause there for a second so I don't get too long winded because I know I can go on some tangents.
0: Yeah. Well, I, so th- I was actually just going to jump in right there, which is the, you know, that is this it? I actually, you you triggered with me. My is my is this it? Was I had this long road of becoming um, a licensed psychologist. It takes a long time, takes a lot of energy, takes a lot of um, kind of commitment and persistence, and then getting there. And then the idea of hey, well, you know, my dad, um, a professional who's went to the same office for at that time several years, and he's content. So that's what I'm going to be doing. And so, like, achieved it. And then got there day after day, going to the same office by myself. I was like, what? Is this it? You know, like I'm like 30-something, like early 30s, and like this is the end? And uh, so I know for me, I went through a very similar exploration, a needed exploration. I had to go pretty deep to go like, what what do I need to do? Um, So I just wanted to ask you about the kind of the grits of that, the guts of that transition for you is it was it more like does this sit and move on or was it also like whoa like you really had to dig deep and it was um an uncomfortable process
1: yeah i mean it was definitely uncomfortable and and a lot of it was just me kind of sitting in the room alone type uncomfortable where i had to look in the mirror and you know realize i wasn't that happy um and i wasn't at that fulfilled in life and i said gosh if if i'm this way there's got to be others like this as well. And that's kind of what started me on that path, not only to improve myself, but also to say, hey, how can I help others that may be going through something or maybe, or, you know, where I am, like I look at today, right in 2020, maybe there are a couple steps behind where I was, you know, a few years ago, how do I help them um, as well? And I think a lot of it, you know, you talked about kind of your father and stuff. I think a lot of it comes back to looking at your childhood. I don't think I don't think we reflect enough on childhood, and there's a lot of keys in there that really make us who we are. But sometimes I think we flush those out and don't give them enough credit. So going back to what I mentioned earlier, you know that helping—that was a big thing for me. I I was always a helper. I always loved to make people feel good, want to be there for them. Partly this came back to me really having a lot of you know talking about self-awareness and really digging deep, where. No offense to my parents, you know, I love my parents, but I didn't get the quote unquote love. You know, I don't really, I, I rarely, if I ever remember my dad telling me he loves me, you know, and, mm-hmm. but I'm an emotional guy, right? right? So here I was in this family that no one said, I love you. No one gave hugs really. My mom did and stuff. But, like, no one really did that. And it was really, I learned a lot of that from my grandparents. And, you know, my grandparents mm-hmm. were really key in my development um, in that aspect. So, anyways, that, that's kind of some of the things that I started to look at is, you know, to, to your same point, you know, when I was in basically right around the age of 30, you know, I just turned 37. You know, I'm not a spring chicken anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so, when I was in my late 20s and early 30s, that's where really I started to kind of think through, like... What else is out there? What are some things that I could do that I don't know? This was another key, and maybe it'll help for for some of the audience out there as well. You know, I started to think like I kind of thought I not knew it all, but I wasn't willing to go deep and pull back the onion layers to say, what don't I know? And be basically comfortable with saying I'm wrong, and I'll give you a, I'll give you a quick story that was I think it's kind of funny actually, but part of this Renaissance period I, I kind of joke about, but it's true. Is I since the age of 13 I took my first flight, uh, first you know air, airline flight mm-hmm. when I was 13 to San Francisco across country, and terrified as all get up. Mm-hmm. I, I do not like heights. I don't like airplanes. Um, none of that. And so I, and I flew regularly, probably at least let's say once a year, sometimes a couple times a year, especially as I got in my twenties and you're doing bachelor parties and all this other stuff. And I literally would like white knuckle it for the entire flight. You, you, I don't know if you're like that or not, but, uh, but anyways, I decided one day I t- this is like five or six years ago. I said, mm-hmm. I don't even know how flying works besides the normal you see on, you know, whatever. I was like, so I actually sat and I researched for a couple hours about, um, all the things that go with flying with the, with the different pitch and the wind velocity. And, and I said, wait a minute, these pilots and, and flight attendants are actually doing this for a living and they're flying thousands of flights. Like, and I looked at the safety param- and I started to realize, wait a minute, what am I getting so scared of? It's because of the fear of the unknown. Um, mm-hmm. I was just unwilling mm-hmm. to worry about it. Well, once I figure that out, I'll tell you, not that I don't get every once in a while, a little nervous, but if I go on a flight with you tomorrow, well. We won't be flying in for a little bit, but you know what I'm right, saying? Right, you know, right. If I go on a play with you soon, I'm going to be there fine. We're going to have a conversation. There's going to be no anxiety. Heart rate's pretty level. And it's because over the last couple of years, I've been able to retrain my mind on that new process versus what I thought was right before. So that's just one example of like going down that path of self-discovery was mm-hmm. really something important for me to, to say, Brian, where are you today? And do you actually know it all, or are you missing a lot of pieces? And once I kind of put some new knowledge in there, it's changed the game a ton for me.
0: And and your point about our parents, right? We as we talk about in parent footprint, like we all are. Um we all have had a footprint left on us by our parents who had one left on them by their parents. Like we are all both environmentally and genetically um, encoded and developed by our environment and the parents that we had. And it's not necessarily, I know this is a generalization, but it's not that necessarily introspection, self um, self self-awareness was a thing that our parents and their parents' generation focused on. Right. And, And in a sense, it's, maybe we call it a luxury these days i don't know i mean to have the opportunity to even grow in ways when in, in past it's like you know get to the fields get to the factory hunt gather like let's you know let's get our basic needs met and so how is it that you think that you had this when you didn't see it experience it like what was it in you that triggered this and i'm saying this so people who are listening who are, um, if you're listening, you're they're obviously on the same path as well. Uh,
1: well, I think part of it is I always kind of knew, as I mentioned earlier, like the emotion, like I was so in a disconnect with my family from an emotion, even, even to this day, an emotional standpoint. Right? I'm different. I'm the one. I'm going to give a hug. I'm going to tell you I love you. I'm going to be the one. I can cry. I don't. I don't mind doing those things. I'm just. An, I get choked up watching, like you know. A great performance on American Idol or something, you know, like I, I just really get, I'm I'm a passionate person. I'm emotional. (laughs) And I didn't have that a lot in my family. So for me, it was always inside me. So when I got old enough, it was one of those kind of defining moments to me to realize, especially as I had my son, Mm -hmm. you know, my son will turn eight years old here in a couple months. And it was one of those things where I said, I'm going to have a chance to impact this person's life. I could do it the way that I learned and keep, you know, kind of denying what was inside me, or I could make a switch and say, no, this is the way I want to parent, and this is the way I want to do it. And and trust me, it's been very difficult for me. Um, the first couple of years were really challenging, and I had to have a lot of, you know, kind of lack of a better phrase, come to Jesus moments with myself mm-hmm. saying, mm-hmm. you know, Brian, you got to, you know, you, you're going to turn out like your father. And if you don't, and, and not in a way of, I, I was always there for my son. You know, my father was, and Again, love him to death. Like he's, you know, he was a workaholic though, um, mm-hmm. and he was in work at five thirty-six a.m. and he would come home at seven p.m. and he worked his tail off. But I got, you know, I understood it. I didn't understand it as a kid. I understand it now. That's how he was though. That was that's how that generation was. Mm-hmm. And it, and I'm okay with it, uh, but it was one of those things. I, I wasn't a workaholic to that standpoint. I would I do everything with my son as much as I can, but it was one of those things I saw from a how I was treating him or how I maybe wouldn't listen to him, and I would just say, "Nope, this is the way it's going to be." I recognized that early on, and I said, "You know, Brian, you got to change your you got to change your tone, or you are not going to have a good relationship with your son as he gets older." Um, so fortunately, I recognized that a handful of years ago, and that's really helped. And it's still a challenge, but I think I've done a, a heck of a better job of being able to recognize that um, and improve in those areas.
0: And and with that awareness, this is what you're spreading. I mean, even on your podcast, you're you're talking to entrepreneurs, and it's all about um, lessons learned and life fulfillment, right? So this has become, a I mean, this has become a focus of your life and your mission.
1: Yeah. One of the things, and I I learned this really from my dad is, and that's why ultimately I think I went into golf. Um, I am cut from a different cloth. I am like most people I know. I'm not, I'm different. I just, I just recognize a while back. I'm just, I'm different. Um, I'm a weird dude sometimes. Maybe I think a lot differently. I don't know if that's good or bad sometimes, but it's just, it's me. And I started to be comfortable in my own skin where early on, you know, a handful of years ago and, and prior to that, I didn't have the confidence in myself. I didn't believe in myself. I I thought I had to be different or change for people or settings I was in, and I said, "No, no, no, just be yourself," and that's come to be the best uh, best thing for me. But with that, you know, one of the things to your point you just made, I recognized a long time ago that okay, I. Do not want to work the typical nine to five, work for a company for forty years, and then retire when I'm sixty five. That is not me. I don't believe in that. Um, I I just I think there's a better way to live and be fulfilled in life. So as I started to change my mindset in terms of that direction, what I started to really do was define. So it's something I, I kind of you know call my north star. And what's different is it's not a you know some people say hey, in 10 years, I want to be, you know, the CEO of this company. And they put a flag in the ground. I don't believe in that because I think life changed. Look, at, look, at, look, three months ago, right? No one's thinking we're going to be in a pandemic and we're going to all be sheltered in here. Um, right. So life changes so quickly and, and really um, where we don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow a lot of the time. So I took the the approach of saying, well, what's my North Star? I'm never going to reach it. It's out there in the distance, but it's guiding me. And that's why my mission, really, in life, and I've defined it now, is I want to impact the next generation, okay, in terms of health and wellness and getting them on a path to self discovery a lot quicker than I did. And that's my mission. So when I choose to do Podcast interviews, or if it's if it's books I'm writing, or if it's just conversations with people, or whatever, I can make decisions a lot easier because it aligns with my core values and my mission in life. Versus just saying, "Yeah, I'll just you know, I just kind of want to get to the next day." So that's been really helpful for me is defining that north star. And that's to your point with the podcast. That's why I I started. That's why it's called Just Get Started because I knew there were a lot of people, especially ones that were a lot younger than me that were going through the same things I was. They were fearful of starting something because of what other people were thinking or they didn't have the confidence to get over the hump and actually try something. And what I want to prove to people is not only, wow, there's great guests that I have on that are doing this, right? Mm-hmm. They've taken their steps, but I've also done it. And I'm kind of you know drinking my own Kool-Aid. I've also tried it. And now being, you know I just launched episode 100 of my nice. podcast uh, nice. you know, just after two and a half years, and the amount of networking that's come from that, the amount of opportunities, the amount of learning, uh, it, it's been just phenomenal. And, and I think back, sometimes I'll lay in bed at night and think, what if I never started it? Where would I be? Uh, and, and I'm glad that I decided to make the decision to actually uh, get outside my comfort zone and start it.
0: And, and um, first of all, congratulations on 100 episodes. I know that that is a huge feat. Um, I want to read everyone what you said about um, your North Star because it, it, it just it comes to life and it says, "Your North Star is to impact future generations by helping them navigate life through the lens of curiosity, gratitude, and healthy living." right I, I love that. I love that. So how do we do
1: that? Tell us <laughs> that's a how much time do we have today? We have lots of time <laughs> You know, I think part of it, and this comes really, you know, this is obviously from a parenting perspective, but I think it's on, you know, one of the things, again, I'm not going to say I didn't have it or had it, like, you know, I think it's all up in the air, depending on how we look back at our childhoods, but I think having um, honest conversations with our kids, you know, I look at it, I get a chance to You know, talking back to or going back to, you know, teaching golf for a living. I don't teach golf anymore. I'll help some friends and family here and there. You know, I still love to do that. But a lot of the teaching or coaching I'm doing is for like younger sales reps or other entrepreneurs that are really younger and they don't understand some things maybe that I've picked up over the years, you know, kind of in passing, stuff like that. So I get to see a lot of those, uh, the kind of the younger generation and even younger, uh, my son in between high school and stuff as well. And what I've noticed is, one, these kids are a hell of a lot smarter than I was when I was their age. Um, they know they have more information. They have access to it. So how do we, going back to your first question, like how do we positively impact them to make the right decisions, not just morally, but really for their life where they don't get in the same rut that a lot of um, a lot of folks do, where they work a job that they hate so they can buy things that they don't need so they can impress people they don't like, Right. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, those are words that Gary Vaynerchuk, I follow a lot, you know, that's basically kind of his, almost taking his words out of his mouth there. Like it's, we do this in our, um, we do this in our, uh, day-to-day life and, and then our kids see that, but we don't make the adjustment to them to say, Hey, you can have it better. You can do it different. So that's what my son, you know, I try the best to, um, uh, one, have him watch a ton of different stuff from an educational standpoint, but even away from that, just stuff that's away from what he would even consider as something that he might like just to see if he likes it. Um, and I also try to talk a lot to him just because it's important to me, just about entrepreneurship and business mm-hmm. around like, Hey, you can do something different. You can invent something. You know, I try to talk to him around. I, I, I tell him, I say, you know, Lucas, look, look around the, you know, we we're sitting in the kitchen the other day. And I said, look around this, the kitchen, there's not one thing in this kitchen or living room that you see that wasn't made um, by another human being there's nothing and he started trying to pick some things out and i I explained, yeah that's stone but that stone had to be molded into this and then it created and I started to get him to realize like these are things you could do right it's not just something that just poofed out of the air and I want him to start thinking like that because I didn't have that I didn't really start thinking that way probably until I was in my mid-20s so if I can impact that on him you know before he gets to nine or ten years old I think that could be really helpful in my opinion
0: yeah absolutely um how does he how does he respond to you when so i here's what i mean the back the back question here is um, when we feel inspired as parents to parent, our kids sometimes are um, open to that parenting and other times it it doesn't seem to land particularly when we get towards adolescence and I was just doing another show we were talking about just because it doesn't always land the way you think it should or it doesn't have the, the outcome you thought you would have doesn't mean that our kids aren't listening
1: yeah you're absolutely right and, and part of that is because he's you know like he, he came home this is i don't know how maybe it was a few months ago he came home and he just randomly was like dad i want to i want to sort of lemonade stand i want to have a couple of lemonade stands or something mm-hmm. with my friends and i was like oh what where did this come from? But I'm like, oh, maybe he's been like listening to me in the background or, you know, conversations that we've had or things that I've mentioned over the years and slowly picking stuff up. I don't know. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't try to force it on him. It's more just conversation stuff. Sometimes we'll read different books or I'll, I'll, I'll see something online and I'll be like, Hey, let's watch this. Um, you know, we're doing homeschooling right now where I have, you know, I'm, I'm, work slash parenting slash whatever. I know a lot of people out there are in that same boat. Right. And like the other day I had him watch the, um, I had him watch the Steve jobs commencement speech that he did Mm -hmm. at Stanford in 2005. Mm -hmm. Awesome. (laughs) because i'm like well he's i was like i want you the the one i was like oh let's learn about business and i said well i don't want to bore him really at at, you know seven and a half years old so i said hey watch this video and uh and then let's talk through the takeaways of it so it's just one of those things where you know it's easy that you know and steve was always great with making it digestible breaking it down into like a couple categories Mm -hmm. um but anyway so like those type of things again i just my whole thing is i don't expect him it's kind of like golf right I love to still play golf. I've I've worked. He likes playing. He likes going out and hitting balls in the range with me and stuff like that. But I don't force it on him. Like if it's a beautiful day out, like I remember, you know, and and I'm fortunate to live in Raleigh here where, you know, in the wintertime, sometimes you get 50, 60, 70 degree days. And I remember even a couple months ago, like saying, Hey bud, you want to go out and go hit golf balls? You want to go ride your bike. And so, so I like to sometimes give him choices instead of, cause I'm like, Hey, what do you want to do? Like, sometimes like, I don't know, you know,
0: right,
1: so right. I gave him a few choices and he's like, oh, I want to go ride my bike. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be like, nope, we're going to the golf course and pull and drag him there. So it's, it's just one of those things. I try to let him dictate some stuff, but also try to give him some guideposts as well, you know, depending on what we're trying to do.
0: And that's a great concept for everyone. Um, The whole idea of guidepost choice and guideposts, right? And um, sometimes when we we give kids, um, hey, what do you want to do? Or what do you like them? These open-ended questions sometimes can be overwhelming for them. So um, it helps bind anxiety and helps with focus and direction if we can give them some options. And the other thing that I really liked about what you said there, Brian, is just the idea that, yeah, you like golf a lot um, and you're not making... It's not about, you're not trying to push that on him, right? And, and that, that is another awareness that it takes many of us adults some time to think about, particularly us sports dads who love sports. And we get a child that maybe doesn't like sports at all or a little. And uh, we really have to take a step back and, and find that separation between who we are and who they are.
1: Yeah. And and I think part of it, you know, going back to something you mentioned earlier about is kind of more the inception, right? In the the brain for, especially for a lot of kids. And I I take it, you know, if I look at it in the negative and positive side, right? When I was a kid, there was a lot, I don't know if maybe, maybe a majority of the listeners might relate to this. There was a lot of yelling in my house, right? There was a lot of yelling, a lot of arguing. And so when I grew up and I was in some relationships and stuff like that, what did I think I had to do? Right. I, I thought I had to yell to get my point across. Instead of and, until I, you know, kind of crack myself in the head a few times, be like, "Dude, that's not how you. That's not. That's not it. That's not how you do it." But that's because my upbringing—that was—I saw that over and over and over, and it just almost became inception of my brain and i'm trying to do the opposite i'm so big i live my life on optimism and you know someone once said brian you're a three quarters of the way glass you know full person <laughs> yeah. um, which is which is awesome because that's how i mean that's how i try to project and how i try to be and and i'm you know maybe some people are picking that up yeah i feeling it
0: i'm feeling that
1: <laughs> well one of the things too like and and um phenomenal guy. I actually had him on my podcast. He'd probably be great on this if you haven't had him, but Neil Pasricha is his name. Mm. Um, I absolutely recommend everyone check him out. P-A-S-R-I-C-H-A. And he has like the book of awesome and all this stuff. But anyway, you might recognize that, but Mm -hmm. he had a, um, he actually did a, a, a keynote, uh, com- uh, keynote speech, excuse me, at my company a few years back, and that's how I first met him. But it's something I say to my son, and we try to say this almost daily. Uh, sometimes we'll forget, but he has a great quote that he said, and he learned this as a kid: "Was never forget how lucky you are, never forget how good you have it." And I say that to my son almost every day, and I have him repeat it back to me because I want that inception in his brain. Like, dude, I, and I try to tell him, like, dude, you're so lucky. Like, I don't think you realize what you have and, and how you have it and where you are based on other people and where they're in the world and what's going on. And I try to get that. And some people are like, well, Brian, that's, you know, he's seven and a half years old. Like, chill out. That's not it. And I said, no, I, I feel personally that I have to give him that education so that as he does get older, he starts realizing gratitude is so important because mm-hmm. I wasn't grateful at all when I was I I it was kind of like what didn't I have and who had it better than me and I right. didn't realize that until again I was a late bloomer that no 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 dude you actually had it pretty good as a kid
0: so important and yeah how can we have perspective when we're young and we don't have perspective so we have to we have to be taught perspective right taught about what else is out there taught about what we have in a way where we can feel grateful to the degree that we can I I, as you're talking I'm realizing you know a lot of similar experiences and thinking um you know going to college I remember when going to college and being on the dorms and just meeting all these people from all of these different places and life circumstances it was a real like wow it like just really expanded my mind because I didn't realize how good I had it until I was away from it and uh Gratitude is so key, so key, particularly these days for all of us. What, um, tell us about your book. This is a first for you, Luke's first round of golf. It's the first round of golf and a first book for you. So tell us about it.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's depending on when this launches, it's about finished, just working on some final things of my illustrator. So I'm, I, knowing with all this pandemic stuff going on, I'm, I'm thinking maybe sometime in May, we're probably going to launch it. Okay. Um, okay. Officially. Um, but it's all on my, you know, like on my website, Brian There's a, there's a link to it. If people want to sign up, put their email in just to, to get notified. Um, cause it's, there's still the, it's still a moving target on the actual launch yeah, date. But yeah, so mm-hmm. you know, this is, a, again, this is one of those things where I think from a story standpoint, hopefully it resonates with people out there and maybe, you know, helps them overcome some fear or anxiety. Like I wrote this book 70% of it, um, right around the time my son was born. So it was almost eight years ago. Yes. And I shelved it because I wasn't confident. I was thinking, oh yeah, this isn't good enough. I, you know, uh, th- this is, you know, what am I thinking? I'm going to write a children's book. Like, get out of here, Brian, like go do your, your full-time job and just, you know, just kind of go huddle on the corner. And that's how I thought. Like I used to say, I, I used to say really bad things to myself, um, uh, not believing myself. So anyways, A couple of years ago, you know, my wife and I separated and kind of really starting to think through, you know, a lot of things going on in my my life. And, you know, I came across the book again and I had thought about it every once in a while, but I came across it and I said, I'm finishing this thing. This is too good of a book, I think, um, because it tells a great story about a father and son and, you know, them being excited to play their first round of golf. And it has some good morals in there on some positive, you know. Reactions and, and those type of things. So I said I'm finishing this thing, and uh, so yeah, I finished writing it. I've been tweaking it for a little bit, and, and finally got an illustrator. Um, actually, a friend of mine that I met several years ago, really talented um, illustrator and designer. So we're just finishing up some stuff, and yeah, and that's the first of of many. I think I'm actually I'm writing my second book already, nice. um, and uh, I don't think this one's going to be a rhyming book. This is actually more, I think, going to be a story um so I'm going to change it up a little bit but I have another rhyming book I'm actually working on around mindset um as well so I got a couple in the hopper but I just I actually enjoy the the children's book I jokingly say again sometimes I you know, self-deprecating is like, you know, my vocabulary is not good enough to to write a a bigger book. So maybe that's why I do the children's books. But, uh, no, I think, I I think the message, I think I get it. I think I, I understand kids just from teaching junior golfers. A lot of Mm -hmm. years, I understand Mm -hmm. how to simplify it, um, and to kind of make it where they can understand and relate to the message. And, um, like I said, hopefully I do that with this book and, um, I'm I'm just excited for it to. Uh, so to give come us out. the
0: teaser. Give us the teaser. What is what are pe- what's the what's the lesson? What what are people going to learn in this book?
1: Well, and again, it's it's like a rhyming book. It's the really lesson is about a father and son relationship, and it's just mm-hmm. about like you know you can go out and enjoy whether it's your first time playing golf or not, but just go out and enjoy the actual process of playing and being out there versus hitting perfect golf shots. And there's a lot of. Fo- I used to be like this. I don't. Are, are you are you a golfer, Dan?
0: Um, not a good one.
1: Okay. <laughs> so, you know, there's but a lot I have of golf
0: plenty, but I'm just, I, I'm not that good.
1: Yeah. And we get so frustrated with ourselves. We expect us to be perfect. And, you know, a lot of, you know, slamming golf clubs or expletives or whatever, everyone, you know, does different things, but I'm like, you know, that's not how it used to be. When I started playing golf and I was 11 years old, it was just about the fun of the game. It was about being outside. It was about, you know, trying to test yourself and challenge yourself. So that's what it's about. It's a, it's a fun book really about, a good relationship with a, a father son and then being able to actually have a great round. And ultimately at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how good you do. It's the fact that you enjoyed it and you learned lessons and you got better because of it. So it's, a, it's kind of around that positive mindset and stuff like that is is kind of how it, the tail end of it. But I think it's a good nice. book where kids can read it to their parents as well. Nice.
0: So I'm also intrigued about, um, you just said mindset and this, your newest work on mindset. And I know it's a big part of the, the work that you actually do daily. What would you say, how do you cultivate, what is the mindset that you attempt to cultivate in yourself and your son?
1: The thing I've worked on a lot over the last handful of years is realizing that A, you know, gratitude wins and optimism wins. And if that's my perspective on things, then I'm going to have a way better time doing anything, whether it's a, a sales call with a potential partner, whether it's a conversation with my son, whether it's talking, you know, with my best friend, whether it's doing a CrossFit workout, it doesn't matter what it is. It's that if I have that optimism and, uh, and gratitude for just the opportunity, yeah, I'm one of those that like, this is going to go on a tangent slightly, but. Bear with me. Like, I'm one of those that I I really believe how lucky we are to even you and I be sitting here and having this conversation. The fact that we develop as a species and we're able to actually have a thought and then people, you know, years and years ago developed this whole society thing. And, you know, look at where we're at today. And I, and I think that the opportunity of where we are is, it sometimes gets lost in the day-to-day just shuffle of life. Mm-hmm. So that's something I really think about a lot. And it's helped me kind of get more of a steel trap of a mindset to not let myself um, you know, kind of be flustered with things. And it took a long time. And trust me, it's a mm-hmm. work in progress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's something that I really focus on a lot. It's, it's not just, and this is another thing too for me, it's not just about reading books, and listen to podcasts and stuff. That's important, um, but it's also about experiences, and it's about trying things. So, as an example, one of the things that if, if, if folks you know go listen to the Just Get Started podcast, besides my interviews. I throw in what I call my one mic session, just me kind of chatting and, and, mm-hmm. and telling some different things. And one of the things I'm doing this year is called the dozen months of discovery. So every single month this year, I'm learning a new, um, skill. I'm challenging myself to something. So for instance, like January, nice. was a, yes, January was a social media detox. So I have no social media for the entire month. Um, February was, a, a stretching. So every single day for 29 days in February, I stretch for one hour. Minimum a day. Wow. Um, and then March, I just finished up. Don't quiz me on it, Dan, but I just finished up. I learned Spanish. Uh, in the month <laughs> nice. of March. I'm not fluent yet. I'm still learning. But, <laughs> but the, the reason I did those things and the reason I have these challenges set up is A, I want it to align with my mission with my goal. So how do I um, better prioritize or time manage, or How do I, you know, look at my life a little bit differently from that standpoint prioritization. So that's why I said, let's do a social media detox. I was on Instagram too much. You know, fitness is a massive part of my life. So I said, all right, let's do the stretching because that could really help me get better gains maybe from a CrossFit standpoint, feel better in the morning, get out of bed, those type of things. And then Spanish, the reason I chose that for month three, not only is, hey, I wanted to actually learn a language, but the real key was I wanted to be a beginner learner again. Think of how many times in our life that we just are settled with what we know. I talked about a little earlier, Mm -hmm. and we don't go above and beyond. I wanted to be that student again, like when I used to teach golf. I wanted to be that student on the first lesson and what was going through their mind, the frustrations they had, the questions they had, how did they think? So by learning Spanish, it was like day one all over. And it was there was some frustration there. There was some like, oh my God, this is going to take forever. I had to really make sure my mindset was solid so that I could work through the month. Um, so anyways, those are some Mm -hmm. things. I have some cool, cool challenges coming up later this year, but those are just things where, like I said, I think for everyone listening in go and experience things, not just for a day, but give yourself a little test and push yourself through it. And I think what most people will find is where they think the wall is that they can't get over. If they push Mm -hmm. just a little harder when they get on the other side of it, it's actually blue skies. And they're like, why did I ever have anxiety over that in the first place or think I couldn't do it? So just that little extra push, um, and extra time and energy, I think it really help folks. So.
0: I love that. I mean, you are, you're pushing yourself, you're expanding and you are modeling this for your son at a, he's young and he's seeing you try new things with enthusiasm.
1: Yeah, I, I try to, you know, and it goes back to, you know, we're talking about childhood, like I used to play like basketball and stuff. My dad would coach and, and those type of things, but it was never like intense, like workouts or anything like that. So for me, and I didn't know anything about health and nutrition. I mean, most kids don't. Um, and that's where, well, partly, I don't, we don't have to get into it for time today, but in terms of business, I'm starting around healthy kids lunches, but that's actually something where for uh for my son is I have him do workouts with me. You know, he goes to kids CrossFit, which we have at my CrossFit gym, but I'll actually like during this whole quarantine thing, um, the weeks that he's with me, he's, he's doing workouts with me. He's doing, you know, squats and burpees and all this stuff because one, he needs to be active. I've realized that about him. He's, he's Mm -hmm. extremely active. He has to stay, um, kind of, you know, with the high energy he has, but also Mm -hmm. it's something we're doing together and he sees how important it is. And how he feels after? I think that's really um, that's really important for him to have at his age.
0: Nice, and and you're doing burpees and speaking Spanish at the same time.
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe eventually. <laughs> Check back so, with me in July.
0: Yeah. So obviously, um, you know, as you speak, a, a new project keeps coming out. I mean, you really are an entrepreneur, and that goes into, I mean, the connection of entrepreneurship and changing the world and making. Um, you know, this new, this new millennia that we are in for our kids about how different than the past, so many more options. So, mm-hmm. so how do you share, what are your beliefs about how to promote this entrepreneurial ship and thinking with our kids?
1: So I only can speak of myself. Like I said, there's a couple things I've done. One is just exposure, right? Don't just show your kids stuff that you like to do try to do things that like we went down to the, the, uh, we're, we're fortunate here in Raleigh. We have some great museums and stuff, but like, I, I took him like the natural history museum. I would have never walked in there myself. would have never walked in there. Not that I don't like history, but it's not really something that like, you know, I get up for, but I was like, you know, something like that where like, let him be exposed to things that I never would have thought of Because that's going to generate in his mind maybe new thoughts or new ideas. And that's also the same for different books as well, right? Let's get him some books. You know, he, he, I took, I got, you know, we go to the library and pick out some books. Like I, I had him read one on Elon Musk a few months ago. Like
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I I, I don't mind because, and they're written for kids, obviously, some of these books, but I'm like, let's expose him to stuff that one, obviously, I'm going to read stuff on Elon, but like let's, let's expose him to stuff that, Maybe I don't actually do, but he might like. Maybe he doesn't like, but at least he's tried it and tasted it. So I think that's part of it. And I think it goes down to sharing these stories of the the pros and cons of life, right? Share the failures with your kids. Talk about you. He knows about the podcast. I actually involved him. I I've changed my intro um over the last, you know, couple dozen episodes, but like the first 40-50 episodes, if you would go back and listen. The intro where it says, like, just get started, it's him.
0: <laughs> um,
1: I had him, re- I recorded it and have him say it. Like, I want him to be a part of it. And he asks about the podcast. And he, you know, so it's it's really cool to me, like involving him in those things. Um, whether he likes it or not right now, at least he knows, hey, here's what dad does. And I want him to know, by the way, that I'm involved in a lot of things. I, I one of the questions I get from a lot of people is, well, Brian, you got a full time job, you do the podcast. You're trying to start this side hustle business. You do these dozen months of hard. What, what do you, How do you do that? Mm-hmm. And my whole thing is it's prioritization, right? It's I don't I don't watch Netflix for three hours a night. I don't do a lot of things that are distractions. I really focus heavily on certain things that are important to me and important to my son, obviously. Um, and that's where I, I again I can test and taste. And try things. And then ultimately, the things that I want to invest more time in, I invest it. So, prioritization and then, a, and then, a, you know, efficiency really like the podcast only takes me so long per week to edit. And I, I've gotten so good with it now where it only takes me so long. So, a lot of that has, I've trimmed the time so I can put in other areas. So, nice. I don't know if that was a, a nice. you know, yes. that was helpful. That was kind of a, a scattered around answer for it that. Is. But.
0: No, but I like the, so what you basically uh, exposing, exposing, um, your child to um, ways of living, ways of being and education beyond that you would normally do. Like you're really like looking outside and exposing to him, how the world works, all the different ways that someone could do something. You're stretching yourself. And all of this is, you know, you have always said, um, you've always known you're a little different. And where I'm taking that is like, you're, you've learned to listen to your own inner voice and march to your own drum. Um, your own beat and it's opening so many doors and avenues that you're just you're modeling that for him
1: well yeah and then for two other points on that and again maybe help others is i'm also um i also have realized i don't know it all actually i don't know most things so when i listen to podcasts which i do often or i listen or read books Um, anything like that, I start taking some of those ideas and I try to enact them in my parenting as much as possible. So instead of just saying, nope, that's how my dad and mom did, I'm just going to do it that way. So I'll give you two examples that actually might be relevant. Um, One, and again, many folks probably know Neil deGrasse Tyson, right? Um, astrophysicist and he's kind of out there uh, in the world a lot but like one thing he said actually actually is two things from him I think I think these are both from him actually but one is around you know when, when your child like spills something right what's the first reaction as a parent mm-hmm you start yelling at them, right? Or you start like, oh my God, why'd you do that? It's it's like the end of the world. The sky is falling. But the reality is, you know, Neil put this the way, like I think three or four years ago, I heard this and it was just this light bulb moment for me because he's like, actually all kids are scientists. All kids have imaginations. They want to explore. They want to try things out. He's like, you did that as a kid as well. You just don't remember. So one of the things that's really helped me a lot is when that happens, because my child likes to uh, explore a ton and likes to. He's just, geez, some of the things that he's done around the house are just like, oh my gosh. Um, but it's one of those things I say, you know what? He's trying something. He doesn't know how it works. So he's actually, again, he's that mini scientist. So that's a, an approach I've taken to really help me from a parenting standpoint. The other thing is, and I remember listening to this, I, th- I think it was Neil, maybe it was someone else, but I don't remember. But like when your child asks a question, Um, so for instance, like we're in the car, let's, let's say something came on the radio and when, when he's like, Hey, what's that? Or, Hey dad, can you tell me what that is? Again, our first reaction is just, Oh, it's about this. Or, Hey, don't worry about that. It's this. What I started to do was say, what do you think it is? Or what do you think they're talking about? And I want to see what his brain and what his mind comes up with. And he, he's come up with some of the, what I would think are just craziest ideas, but I'm like, okay, this is cool. His mind has this this, uh, imagination to it. Let's explore that further. And sometimes we've gone on to like five, 10 minute conversation based on what he said. So those are two examples I can just think nice. of around like, nice, just great things that could really help, mm-hmm. um, in terms of changing, you know, changing the dial a little bit from a parent standpoint. Yep. Cause remember yes. they don't cut you know, as we all know, they don't come with, uh, they don't come with guidebooks as, no, <laughs> as a parent.
0: They don't, they do not. So, Okay, well, it is time. You've, you've shared so much um, of yourself, and I really appreciate that, Brian. And uh, to get you to share the, the final thing, the final question, the parent footprint moment question, which I know you are prepared for, is tell us about a time when you became aware of yourself as an individual or as a parent, and that new awareness had a positive impact on your child.
1: Yeah, so I. And obviously I've talked a lot about kind of, you know, self-awareness, self-discovery that I've had, especially over the last handful of years. One thing I think th- this could be really helpful that I was thinking about from a parenting standpoint, this actually just happened recently. Um, so it's top of mind. So my son has ADHD and sensory processing disorder. Um, so he could be very challenging. Um, something I, I've had to learn and his mom's had to learn a lot, you know, what, what is quote unquote considered normal for others is not normal for him. um, and especially from an emotional standpoint and, and those type of things. So obviously going through this whole, you know, stay at home, you know, quarantine type approach. A couple of weeks ago, we had our first. Um, so they had closed schools here in Wake County mm-hmm. where I live. And so it was the, my, my week with him. And I had got him like on, a, I think, a Monday or, you know, right around lunchtime or something. So I'm like thinking like, what the heck am I going to like? I'm going to do work, but then I got to kind of do homeschooling, right? Hmm. so monday was a disaster monday was just like okay watch your ipad or hey let's try to do these things or that thing and then tuesday was the big aha moment for me because throughout the day i kept saying all right let's do we're going to do some science stuff or we're going to do math problems or we're going to do whatever every single time i said we're going to do this or that or whatever it was a complete debacle he would, he would get upset. He'd throw a fit. And again, this is part of what we've dealt with a lot with, you know, kind of from an emotional standpoint, but what I forgot, and this is learning as a parent, you know, I failed, you know, enough. Uh, this is learning as a parent though. And, and the way he is, is that he is better in two ways. He's able to kind of accomplish things. One is knowing when transitions happen. Mm-hmm. And two Having a time or time cap, like he knows, so he has like a a Garmin uh, kind of like Fitbit, like kids kind of you know watch or whatever, where he can set a timer and stuff and see the time. So what I learned, kind of going into Tuesday night, I thought, I said, I can't do this the rest of the week, and, and every week I have him, uh, this is going to be a nightmare. But I started to think, I said, well, wait a minute, Brian, this is. It's not a reflection of him. It's a reflection of you not understanding him. So let's take a look. I said, okay, well, what can we do? So what I did was later that night before he went to bed, I said, hey, bud, I took out a whiteboard. I said, let's set up a schedule for the next day. And we put, you know, math, because he, he has some trouble with like word problems and math and stuff. So I said, okay, let's do these math word problems. I, I bought him a book on Amazon a few days prior to that. I said, let's do this for 30 minutes, and then I'll give you a 15-minute break, and then we'll do this for 30, and a 15-minute, and then we'll take 60 minutes for lunch, and then here's reset. And we kind of talked, through, we planned it out. He helped me. He said, well, Dad, I normally do reading in the afternoon. Okay, well, let's put reading here. And we made the schedule together. So the next day, it literally was a night and day difference. He knew when his transitions were. He knew to set his watch. He'd be like, oh, dad, is it ready for a break? I said, yep, you just go set 15 minutes on your watch. When that 15 minutes was up, he was already kind of motoring to the next thing. So that was from, a, I guess, a self-awareness, um, mm-hmm. but really an aha moment to understand nice. what my child was doing and, and ultimately adapting um, as best as I can. I couldn't say a year or two ago I would have done that. It's just I've learned a lot over the last few years as, as he's got diagnosed um, yep. it's really yep. helped me kind of with a perspective shift.
0: Thank you for sharing that, because um, first of all, for so many of our um, our listeners who do have kids uh, with neurodiverse developing kids, and we know how um, at this an added layer of um, patience and regulation it needs for us, but also the larger um, learning there is how much we do have to look at ourselves in when we look at our kids' behavior and the interaction uh, between ourselves and our kids. So. Thank you for um, reinforcing that. All right, well, that is a show full of wisdom, enthusiasm, and I just have to uh, tell you how much I appreciate just your your positivity, your optimism, and your gratitude, and sharing that with us, particularly in the times we're living in right now. Um, you have lots more work about um, a lot of uh, your podcast, um, your writings, your um, your your one mics. Tell everyone again where they can find you.
1: Yeah, the easiest way, everything kind of masks back to my 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 website, Brianondraco.com, B-R-I-A-N-O-N-D-R-A-K-O. And then if you want to connect with me online at Brian I you know, I I hang out on Instagram mostly, sometimes on Twitter, um for the most part. So uh yeah, look forward. I love connecting with new people, seeing what they're up to in their journeys. So uh certainly look forward to uh, connecting with some folks from here.
0: Thank you, Brian. Appreciate it. Great conversation. And thank you for sharing how we all can be positive, why we are positive impacts on the world. We know we need it now and we have to keep that hope um, among us. Alright everyone that concludes the show thanks for listening check us out at www.parentfootprint.com subscribe tell your friends help us make the world a better place a more loving and compassionate place one parent and one child at a time be the person you want your child to become and ask yourself the guiding question what footprint do you want to leave